Welcome to Rafa. This is Dr. West, and this Bible Answer Man program, I really had desired to do this as a CD because it's going to be lengthy, and but I felt it needed to be done on the Bible Answer Man so it could get into the hands of people more quickly versus trying to do a CD and have it uh, show up sometime in the future because it's so germane to the to the t- today and so relative to what's happening in the world today. And uh, I just felt that it needed to be done. But uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the plagues and especially the coronavirus plague, COVID-19 that's plaguing the world right now. I want to make a categorical statement right here. God did not cause this virus. He did not cause it. However, it's my opinion. I know that this will fly in the face of a lot of the timid preachers out there, but God is allowing things to happen in this plague to touch men's hearts that have become dark over so many decades, it's gotten worse and worse. I know I was young in the time of World War II, and uh, that was a terrible time. But this is a t- time when something, again, is re- touching the whole world now. And I want to bring some points that will be hopefully considered by people today as they consider what's going on in the world. And I'll say this is going to be a little bit lengthy but I wanted to put, make that statement that God didn't allow it, but God is using this to touch men's hearts. So it's a worldwide plague to begin with. A lot of things are just within a country. Other things are just within a neighborhood or a, a family. But this one is worldwide. And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, it says this, It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Uh, repented in there it says it just simply means he had decided to take the civilization, that civilization that thou was in, into a different direction. Didn't mean he was sorry that he did it. He he just said decided he was going to take the creation into a different uh, direction, and he made it. In other words, he made what it says he made man on the earth. Man was made to guard over things here. Uh, Adam was put in charge of things, so God put him into in the situation where he was to guard over things. And then in verse 8 of that Genesis 6, it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This was when God was about to uh, take care of the whole population of the world at that time and judge it and eliminate everyone except the eight members of Noah's family. And looking back on that, I thought it was interesting because the number eight in Bible numerics means resurrections or new beginnings. So that's, uh, you can see how, how God did that and why God did that. You see, there have been many plagues unto men over the, uh, over the ages of the, of the earth, but they have been, uh, localized in many cases, not worldwide. They call World War, World War One a worldwide war, but it wasn't. And I mentioned the fact that as a boy, I lived through the worldwide war of World War Two. And uh, from time of 19, the 1930s through 1945, the world was hungry and it was scared. And it, God only saved the world by his divine will and operations 
by from destruction. It could have gone the other way. If you read the history behind the uh, the Axis powers and the United States, there was a time when we thought this, we wasn't sure we were going to win this thing. I know looking back in history, we think, oh, you know, we, we, we won that, no problem. Yes, there was a problem uh, because of the weaponry that was trying to be formulated and everything. So uh, the, from the 30s until 1945, the world was hungry and scared. And I've preached this in pulpits probably not two months before this thing struck. I was uh, preaching in a pulpit. And I, I use that very term that the last four generations of this country have never been hungry or scared. And now within a two or three weeks, actually within one week, the whole country, the whole world became hungry and scared. Did these things turn the heart of men? It didn't after the other two world wars. It, it didn't men turn their hearts back to what was going on then. And I saw that as a boy as soon after the war was over. It was back to business as usual. It was back to making money and gaining power. But God reminds us, and he's trying to, the plagues in the past that wreaked havoc upon populations. Uh, we talk about this COVID-19. Well, it's only in this third week, which we seem like an eternity to some of us who are locked into our homes by uh, edict of the of the nation's leaders, and we're not supposed to go out. And yet there are 2 million people right now in just three weeks that have been uh, victimized by this. And right as right now, there are 500,000 people in this country right now. And it hasn't even gotten into the time when it's going to be played out as to what's going to end up the uh, the problems. We had we had another plague in, in 2005 to 2012 that was called the HIV AIDS situation, that plague killed 36 million people. How fast do we remember, how long do we remember that and the problems of it? In the 1300s, from 1346 to about the, the middle 1300s, there was a the, called the Black Death that raised Europe and Africa and Asia in that area, and it killed about 200 million people. Now, I'm, I'm just going, I'm just remembering some of the more major ones. There have been numerous uh, plagues in the world that were very, very serious. I'm just remembering a, a few of these. There was a flu epidemic in 1918 that killed 20 to 50 million people. 20 to 50 million people. And we don't even hear about that in any of our history books. And there was a, a Justinian plague in, in just 541 A.D. And it killed, it was a bubonic plague, and it killed 25 million people. So these plagues are real and they're true. But my trouble in my thinking is that as soon as this thing is over with, and I hear the people rumbling now, when are we going to get back to normal? Well, friend, you're never going to get back to normal. The world has changed forever because of this uh, COVID-19 plague. It's going to be changed forever. The United States is going to be changed forever. It's never going to go back like it was. Prayerfully, men will change their minds about a lot of things, but I'm, I'm, I have my doubts about that. I saw that happen too quickly after World War II. It ended in 1945, and within five years, we had another war, 
And Amelia, in 1946, I, I, I look back at the old movies and things that were made back then, and already they were compromising the Word of God. The churches were full in 1945, in the 1940s. But they're not full now. But they may be a few could go that haven't been going when this has ended. And the virus has spread. It reached every corner of the globe. It's, it's touching everybody on the whole, whole globe. The rich can't buy their way out of it. The, the food supply has been scarce all over the world, and people are starving to death in certain parts of the world. And we're just so blessed. If you're in the United States or some of the other more prosperous countries, you are to fall on your knees and thank God that you've got food to eat. Most places don't. Fact is, our ministry is helping people some in some areas that have no food, and we're their only source. That's what these these pastors are telling me to get food, and we're trying to do that. Oh, we're not created to do that. We're created as a teaching ministry, but we we find a need there, and sometimes we have to do what we have to do. And I felt we had the need to to take a little help, but I don't see. Uh, and he answered this thing. They don't have a cure yet. The, the, the answer that they think, even with a good technology, may be uh, a year, a year and a half or two years away. A lot of people can die in that time. And politicians are using this as a personal game. I, I, I heard of uh, four people in the Congress. They sold, they, they sat into a meeting and they got inside a trading and they sold off a number of their stocks and sold millions of dollars worth. With insider trading, and so far they were they're going to report them to the ethics committee of of, of the Senate, and, and I think one was in the Congress. And in my estimation, the ethics committee in Congress is is about as worthless as can be. They not, they're not do anything to these people because they're going to scratch each other's back. So we can't look to politicians to serve any to solve anything in that kind of an area. Scientists claim that they have an idea. But they they only have an idea. They don't know what's going to happen. Survival is the guiding guide right now to people's soul. We're seeing people shift into, I know I saw it in the first week especially, people immediately shifted into the survival mode. And fortunately, we have food in this country. If we didn't, we'd see people killing for food and, and stealing it. The theft is rampant even now. I hear stores because there's so many business closing. There's a lot of the thieves out there. They're just breaking into place. And a lot of the more idiotic leaders have not even prosecuting these people. In fact, as I heard, even more lunacy than that, there is one uh, area where they're releasing. There's more than one, as a matter of fact. I think there's about 15 or 18 of them where they're releasing hardened criminals back into the community. And they're using the fact that they don't have room to space these people. Give them that spacing, and they're releasing hardened criminals back into the streets. What a travesty! I hope some of the voters are getting some ideas about the people in Congress who are doing stupid things. They they haven't gotten behind the answer. They're they're still part of the problem. Most of the Congress, certainly on one side, is is just doing nothing but propagating evil and and causing discord uh, to, to the to the United States and to the people, the media in this country, most of them are sold out to the politicians and to, the, to their paycheck. They're not telling the truth, and a lot of reporters are still working for these things. The fact is, I sent a message to the to uh, the president of the United States, President Trump, in this. I suggested he called a national day of prayer. 
Well, they're, they're having prayer about, and some of the ministers that they're praying, they might as well be saying, now lay me down to sleep or Mary have a little lamb for the good it's going to do. You may do some good. They fall on some grace of God, but they're not praying the way they should be praying. But I, I call for a national day of prayer. So far, I've never heard anything, probably because the president never got it. Somebody, some uh, junior executive someplace filtered it out, the things he gets to his ear. And besides that, if he, if he even heard, heard it, he, he might not, uh, advocate the National Day of Prayer, I think, like, Ray, doctor, uh, like, doctor, like President Reagan did. He, he, uh, uh, instituted the National Day of Prayer, but we've got too many liberals now in this country that hate the country, that hate God, and the president doesn't want to inflame them. I would be my guest because they're a vote for him, so maybe he wouldn't even do it if he thought about it. It talks about, in the book of, of, of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, that, uh, Nation's going to rise against nation. That's just uh, simply when you talk about nations, that just means races or uh, those on a uh, particular area. When it talks about nations shall rise against nation, then it talks kingdom shall rise against kingdom. And kingdoms there in in Matthew 24 is just uh, those nations with great power and authority. So those nations are going to rise against each other. And if you haven't seen that happening, you're just not watching the news stations that, uh, that tell you the truth. I only know two or three news sources that I trust anymore. The ones that used to have pride in telling the truth and have good reporting are now just a vehicle for uh, right-wing propaganda. And that's sad. They call it a, a fifth estate. Well, it's a sorry estate from my estimation. There shall be famines in Matthew 24. That means hunger and destitution. And that's, we see that everywhere. I dare say there's probably people in the United States that from where I'm taping this or actually recording this, that some of these people are probably going hungry. And it says there will be pestilences. That means in, in the plural, that means plagues and diseases and, and deadly infections, uh, of unwholesome conditions. And the thing about it, when it talks about that in Matthew 24, it talks about these things are overlapping and they're feeding one upon the other, just like the book of Revelations. The woes in there is just one coming upon the other. And we see these things now. And it's going to go on for a while. And as I as I record this, there's no cure available for this virus, this COVID-19. More people are going to die. We've got, we've got uh, 500,000 out of the uh, 2 million people, that's 25% of the people in the world are in the United States who've been uh, attacked by this. And about uh, 10% are dying. fact is, New York City is is in terrible condition because of this. And and I, I dare say the part of because of their lifestyle and their hate for God. As as a leadership, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about the, 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 all the people there because I've met some wonderful, wonderful people and I've had great experiences in New York City, especially in Manhattan area. But uh, the and New, New Yorkers uh, outside of New York City, uh, they're, they're, it's a beautiful country and there's some wonderful people. There are in the, inside the city, New York City, all the five boroughs have wonderful people. But uh, a lot of people there are going to die. More are going to die in the world even. Famine is going to increase. Some people will even take their own lives because of they have no option. They've lost their job and their home and their family, and they don't have any answer to this. And they feel it's better just to, to get out of living. And they don't even know and understand that by killing themselves, they're going to a far worse situation than they're in right now. 
Many will lose their income and their homes. I painted the bleak picture. Is there an answer to all this, Dr. West? Yes, there is. It's, and it's, it's quoted in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And this focuses on the, uh, the people who will live their lives after Jesus is in his anointing of the way that he would uh, in, be involved if he were in his incarnation now. And we as Christians, we should, the, the world can't pray this prayer I'm going to give you. The unsaved people can't pray this. So only you who are receiving this as Christians can receive this prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to give you now. Is Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. It says, "If my people, there's a there's a a, a, a requirement. If my people, which are called by my name, that means one who will believe him. In other words, Christ-like, Christian, acting like Christ, shall. It didn't say maybe or could. It shall humble themselves. Humble there means to just bend their knee." will just bend their knee, and that means more than the than the, the flesh and bone knee. It's bending of the knee of the heart. It says, and pray. That means uh, intervene between the two uh, situations, such as the people and the plague in this case. Intervene between the two. And seek my face. That means to strive after, not just tell a little patty, patty hands, uh, lip wristed prayer, but seek my face, strive after and pray. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Heal there is the word Rafaha, not Rafa, Rafaha. It means to mend by stitching. It's like if you have a rip in your pants or in your dress or in your clothing. To you get that mended by stitching. And that's the way God's going to do this. He's not going to give you a new pair of pants. He's going to cause you to come out the other side smarter and wiser. If you'll, if you'll humble yourself, pray, seek his face. Then, it says, then, after you've done those things, not just cry out, God, hey, save me. It says, after you've done those things, and that's the prayer of the Christians for the for the United States and even for the whole world, but that the whole world doesn't have much Christianity in it. It's got a lot of, got a lot of, of uh, religion, but like the United States, and the United States, right, as I'm speaking this, has a lot of religion, but it doesn't know too many people, it doesn't have too many people who knows Christ. But he says, he'll heal the land and we'll come out the other side stronger than we were individually. Are things going to have to go on for a long time before they get, somebody wants things to come back to normal. I don't want things to come back to normal. I don't want the sin that was in the world before to come out to normal. I want people's hearts to be changed by this. I want their hearts to be changed in looking at God in this country and in, even in the whole world. Do I, do I think that's going to happen worldwide? No. People are going to just come back to normal as quick as they can, but maybe some of you will come out the other side with a different perspective on God. As I bring this to a close, I know this has been long, but I said I should have done a CD, but it'll get into more hands this way. If you were born again Christian, now, unsaved people, can't uh, can't benefit, but if you're a born-again Christian, you can pray, and I'm going to give you a prayer that you can pray of protection. You can pray this prayer. You can say, my Heavenly Father, I come to you in 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, claiming and receiving the power of Jesus Christ to surround me and awaken the, the uh, faith that's within me to protection around me and my family and my goods in this time of virus attack. I receive our bodies protected, our souls to be at peace, and our needs to be met. I pray and establish this request in Jesus' name. Now, you must say that, in Jesus' name, and I establish this and receive it, its total provisions, as of this very moment. Amen and amen. I pray this has been a blessing. I hope that you'll listen to it and, and just realize that I didn't want it to be this long, but I want it to be meaningful. So maybe it's brought some insight into you and to give you some thoughts. Good to have been with you. This is Dr. West saying, until we meet again, Lord bless you.